Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Hello. Hi, Steve. Hello, hello. Hello. Marlo, you here? Yes, I am. Hello, Marlo. We're all here. All of us. Beautiful 2021. First weekend of 2021. There's wonderful rain falling on my window in the background. Hopefully that adds some ambiance. I've been watching the Eagles purposely lose to spite the Giants, and it fucking owns. <laughs> it's honestly, it's better than any time the Eagles have beaten the Giants is them without a chance in the postseason, but they have to win in order for the Giants to see the postseason, and they're doing everything possible to not win. And it's the coolest thing ever. I like it. Yeah. It's spiteful. Yeah, it's a Philadelphia tradition. Philadelphia tradition. Goddamn right. Mm-hmm. I will burn this village to save it, even if this village is me. <laughs> even if... <laughs> hold on. Say it in a Philadelphia accent, though. <laughs> I'll burn this village... To uh, I don't know. I can't do a Philadelphia accent on demand. I can only say like certain words with like a local flair occasionally. Mm -hmm. Can you do a Philly accent on TiVo and then run it back later? <laughs> on, on TiVo? Oh my God. Is that like on, DVR on, in 2003? On demand. On demand. Well, it's called On Demand now. It hasn't been called TiVo since, like, I'm going to again say 2003. Time is a construct, you guys. Since before Terrell Owens had that one season <laughs> with the Eagles. Uh, I was in Philly this weekend. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, it rocked. Got some vegan cheesesteaks. Ooh. Has what? anyone read that article of... That lady in the New Yorker who thought Beth Harmon should have been uglier. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, uh, she goes, and I've not read the book that Queen's Gambit is based on. Yeah, no so one's read the book. I, only I the, this woman is the knew, only person who read the book. I know a handful of people who apparently have read the book. But this woman claims explicitly Beth Harmon is just fugly as fuck. How dare they cast this former model to play her? Okay, I will um, just say this. On the one hand, I do understand what she's saying, like, because I've said this embarrassingly about the Harry Potter series in the past. That no, I mean, I can. I also get that aspect. And I think she did pull some quotes out of... 
yeah, sure. of the novel that are like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fine, cool, and whatever. Again, I'll embarrassingly say, like, when I saw Harry Potter, I did literally have that thought about Luna Lovegood is it's like you realize she's like a weirdo from the book and she doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I find it humorous that she had to quote TV trips for that because, like, everyone knows what Wikipedia is, so you can't get away with quoting Wikipedia in a New Yorker article, but you can get away with quoting TV tropes, which is also a wiki, like, is also a crowdsource reference guide. If there's anything I've learned this past year is that you just need to, like, have a link to something, yeah. And and anyway. people are like, sure, that's a canonical discourse. It's yeah. been established. I'm a millennial and I learned that in 11th grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All my references for essays were like a collection of Wikipedia, IMDb, and TV trips. I, I agree with the energy. I'm, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Is it the real life one, Vera Menchik? Real sure. life Beth Harmon? No, no, no. There's no real life. Real life Beth Harmon is a weird amalgamation of Bobby Fischer. Well, anyway, this gets into my uh, one thing that I had, which was first they came for the Botez sisters and Anna Rudolph, and I said nothing for I was not a hot chess girl. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I do like better imagining this as just the statement that they feel that chess girls cannot be hot, and this is the problem. Steve, it's the New Yorker article, The Fatal Flaw of the Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah. The I Fatal Flaw was better. And it's that this girl. actress, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, is too hot. To play Beth Harmon. But I say, nay, you don't allow this woman access to niceties. You could call her ugly. That's easy, man. (laughs) This is the thing to me. It's like acting like... I'm not sure the things she pulls, which are largely, I think, descriptions of Beth as a child. Yeah, which well, I don't yeah, think it's no, fair. No, I mean, I haven't read the book, and also I will never read the book, so I don't care. Look, here's the quote she pulls out. It's from the time period where Beth is growing up at that uh, orphanage. Her friend says to her, you're the ugliest white girl ever. Your nose is ugly. Your face is ugly. And your skin is like sandpaper, you white trash cracker bitch. Which Beth does not respond knowing it was true. This does not mean that it was objectively true. You if, know what I mean? If a narrator is going to be unreliable, why even incorporate them okay. into your fiction? Okay. Look, I'll put it this way. I, well known as a hot enough chick, plenty of times where people said, you're gross <laughs> and ugly when I was a child. I don't and know. I did I not think, look. Like, I think young women regularly get uh, positively reinforced by their looks. Yeah, but I'm saying I am good looking, <laughs> but I was hauled. Yeah, and treated I, I don't know. And what I'm saying is, I don't think uh, that actually because I happened. was weird enough. I think uh, that uh, no woman ever gets disparaged on her looks. Okay, okay, you're doing it. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm doing it. Sorry. <laughs>
as has been misunderstood on the internet uh, before, I am not saying I see myself in the upper echelons of hot chicks in this world. <laughs> I'm, I'm simply saying, say, as a chess fan, there is many hot girls who play chess. Yeah, like that's yeah. a. Oh my god, who has experience in this field? I do. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. No, Steve got a bead yeah. for the first time at chess camp. All right. Absolutely. I was 14. Yeah. First girlfriend, went to a chess tournament, met her, whatever Marlo says, you know, details, whatever. I don't kiss and tell or beach and tell. Yeah. Uh, no, I just gathered it from implication. Yeah. Now she's married to a woman and living the best <laughs> life. <laughs> That fucking rules, dude. Yeah, she works at Keller Williams. She friended me on Facebook like three months ago. Uh, and now I just get... second, I thought you meant the solo jam no, band. get out of your jam band bubble. This is a real estate bubble. Anyways, now I just see pictures of her twins that she has and all of her listings. Oh, cool. And pictures of her chess books, uh, nostalgically thinking about her days when she was on top of the chess world. Was she on top of the chess world? No, okay. she was like 1,700 and beating guys. Oh, that's actually pretty fair. I mean... Especially in like 2000 and... Yeah, no, literally One? the greatest fiction of Queen's Gambit is, yeah, there wasn't actually a female chess player in the 60s who was remotely good. <laughs> like, yeah. Look, we're never going to be able to have a woke conversation around ugliness, right? <laughs> I will say in 2020, though. There are many hot girls who play chess. It's a whole entire subgenre oh, of man. the chess world. Sapiko Grimishvili, Anna Rudolph, the Botezes. There's two of them. Yeah. I, I don't know if listing the hot girls of chess is. Uh... <laughs> this is feminism. This is absolutely yeah, an act enough. of feminism. You would know. Yeah, so. <laughs> I am. I am saying follow these women on Twitter and Twitch. Other than Sapico, I'm pretty sure they all have Twitch. The Bowtie are like the biggest chess streamers on Twitch outside of Hikaru Nakamura. So they all got like some online presence. I'm like boosting them. Yeah, nice. I'm doing my part as a feminist and I will not hear... Uh, you know what? I'm not going to argue against you. I indeed think highlighting the hot women of lesser known fields is its own legitimate activism. A not feminist would call Sapiko Grimishvili Anish Giri's wife. But I call Anish Giri Sapiko Grimishvili's husband. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a known thing that... People who are perceived as ugly are treated worse in a myriad of situations. But if they're women, but they are by you, definition smarter than the hot ones. Yes, that's the thing is the eternal struggle or like my favorite trope of celebrity is starting like a rumor that like an actress who's known for being super hot 
is also secretly in Mensa. Like oh, I, okay. I people feel the need to do this. It's like a, that's a very like '90s thing where we still know what Mensa yes, is exactly. and that it is a measure for like anything. Mm-hmm. Or that like IQ is like a, <laughs> it still makes me laugh when people are like treat IQ as something uh, serious. Like the only way you can honestly think that the abstract concept of intelligence can be a single number is if you're a weird D&D nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there it's fair, but... <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like, yeah, so- unless you're, like, literally rolling a D20 to determine whether you can read a book. <laughs> yeah, IQ's not really a thing, dude. You know what? The times I have played D&D, your girl... Lots of natural 20s. Just, I roll them. I've got a magic relationship when I've rolled a 20-side die. Yeah, big old natural 20s. Mm -hmm. Big old natural 20s. I did. Actually, I was on Laugh Finder where uh, they play Pathfinder. And uh, this indeed did happen on the podcast. So this is recorded for you guys. If you're doubting me today, because I'm defensive. For Christmas, my aunt bought me edibles. Aw. So I'm going to eat one of them now. She also bought my mom edibles. It's not like oh, an aunt-nephew relationship. It's just generally my family's just embrace the fact that pot's okay for white people in 2020. So, yeah. What kind of edibles are we talking? Uh, hard candy, some gummies, a treat? Um, okay, they're literally, they're called morsels by oh. some fucking hippie company. I don't fucking know. What I can best compare them to, though, is uh, an item I bought on the parking lot of <laughs> what is today, I'm pretty sure, called the Susquehanna. A bank center at the time it was called the tweeter center and i was there uh watching some rat dog with a gentleman i went to uh, high school with named bryce lawn and they were selling what they called goo balls what i can basically say is it's a collection of granola molasses and weed Mm-hmm. rolled up into a small ball. A morsel. I got it. It's like, you just eat your fucking THC, you fucking cow. <laughs> <laughs> What's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> well, Bunny is arguing on the internet. Getting called out. Mm-hmm. You guys. Call I out lo- I lost, left and right. I lost the internet today. I'm about to hit that white woman extension point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got caught. I should have known better. That's what you get for making funny jokes on Twitter. Like that was a I do. I do. Okay, so just to clarify, 100% a decent joke that I would honestly steal from you today. Wait, wait, wait. Which one? The Mariah Carey Super Mario. That's a good joke. Okay, that's a good joke. No, no, no. They pulled up. Someone searched my Twitter for like buzzwords, and I had one tweet from ten years ago where I said, "Is it bad when I see hot Asian women with old white men in Times Square? I think she's a hooker." That no, that's. But this only was this was after like the original context of the thread I was in. This was just someone. No, given the original context of the thread you were in, that is a hundred percent different statement you're making. There is literally a 
Facebook group. I'm going to search it and send the link to you all now. <laughs> I thought that one was a funny joke. Yeah, it More is funny part than part the Mariah Carey <laughs> one. The funny part this is, is... the audience you're talking this to. Is, uh, I, this, I tweeted this in 2010, and I can... And it's not I racist, probably texted it to tweet. I, this is how long ago this was. I probably texted a number to tweet it. <laughs> like This is like... When like uh, five people were on Twitter, so yeah, but I definitely thought I uh, would have searched my own tweets before, because <laughs> I mean, what I wish the tweet would have said is that whenever I see a hot Asian lady with an old white man, I hope she's a hooker. Like yeah, that's what enough. I wish I said, but like it's you know what I mean. It's a nothing burger kind of thing that yeah, I no, can and that's a hundred percent a reasonable joke, and it is not the equivalent of hearty. Har har! Asian men have small penises. No, like, no, it's not at all. And this is the thing: is like the, the, so, it's a different joke. It's saying so, a different thing. I sent a link to elaborate on <laughs> what I mean by it's saying a different thing <laughs> by this. Bunny, Bunny, we're here supporting you in you fighting back against all accusations. <laughs> Thank you. I hate the people you were arguing with. I know no, I'm going to in the audience. Say I love Gwen. I, I did Twitter not respond. Gwen, by the way, different Gwen. Yeah, different Gwen. I didn't respond to her fucking subbing me because I was like, I just was like, I'm not trying to have a weird amorphous beef here. I don't understand. Uh, all right. Can we get the, some context? There are yeah. some people who listen to this. Who might give a shit. I get it. They don't give a shit. They're just lost listening. Yeah. So there were yeah, a couple of main characters this weekend, as we say these days. We'll talk about Bean Dad later. There's this seemingly never-ending short women discourse, which... There's a initial tweet back a few weeks where somebody said men like short women because like it's pedophilic. And then today or yesterday, Twitter person I follow, Samisa Jones, tweeted like about how men are like rude to tall or big women. That's not like a controversial point to make that there's a sort of context to elevating or idolizing like small dainty women as like super bonable. <laughs> so like whatever. It was posted in a shit posting group. But then there are old tweets of feministas that were being brought up. Tweets that I knew she had been like, uh, that was like mad fucked up. <laughs> I should have tweeted those things, whatever. They're like decade old. Blah, blah. I definitely don't defend everything Feminista says. Uh, she has like some weird ideas about Beyonce that I am not okay with. <laughs> but literally the thing that I responded to was saying that she was a fake feminist. And I'm like, just because somebody says something you don't like doesn't mean they're a fake feminist, right? Then this person inferred that not only was Feminista a fake feminist, she was also a turf. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, where was she turfy? Because I had only ever known Feminista to be relatively trans-inclusive. So then this person pulls up old tweets of Feministas that are hack jokes about Asian dudes having small penises. 
there's a couple Asian ones and I think one Jewish one that uh, mm-hmm. I upon first pass I did not get. <laughs> and then I was when, like, okay, not to like recycle an old Louis C.K. joke, but the way you said Jewish almost sounded like it wasn't about Jewish people. It was sort of about Jews. It was <laughs> Jewish. Well, yeah, I'm saying it because I I don't know. I guess it was a Holocaust joke. No. Or something. I don't know. Oh, no, I don't I'm know. banned from Facebook. I'm outside yeah. of all of this. You're all well, the I, screens. I, I, am, I have transcended this in a Ted Kaczynski yeah, way. I learned they won't let you joke, quote unquote, I will literally kill you on Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm banned from Twitter for that shit. Yeah. Permanently. I'm about to start a new Twitter account because, again, uh, apparently saying French is the N word on Facebook. Facebook. Man. Then first I wanted clarity that this person was saying that feminista is racist, one, because of these old tweets, which she doesn't like justify or whatever. But then that meant she's also a crypto turf because racism and being a turf are comorbidities. And this was so monstrously stupid to me. I got fucking wrapped up. And I got What is not- comorbidities in that sentence? I- well, that's a medical term. Yeah, I know. But yes, sometimes bigotries hang out together, but they don't necessarily have to. Yes, a lot of times people who are racist are also homophobic, for example. Doesn't mean you ain't taking a fucking logic class. We know, but I just was like, is this what you're saying? Because I was like, honestly, like, was there a tweet I missed where she said something super turfy, but there wasn't. But then it just really deteriorated into him inferring that I'm best friends with Feminista and I came over here to show off my one black friend. So then I called him a white boy back. But then these other girls were picking on me for seemingly no reason. They were simping him. (laughs) No one has ever simped Russell Parnon. No, but I don't understand. If Matt wants to bleep that later to protect the innocent, you know, go ahead. (laughs) But, like, no one's ever going to simp for Russell Parnon. Well, I I don't understand what... Trap house shit posting or whatever eight groups that is now. Yeah. Well, it was just my own fault because then he just kept repeating the phrase that I'm defending my crypto turf friend you're out like whatever I feel like ro- of whatever. course me responding like well, I, I know the fucking rules of the internet of course me responding to that kind of thing becomes a oh you doth protest too much kind of thing immediately just by virtue of me even acknowledging it so it's like I already lost and then, too much. and then they went and found a 10 year old tweet I mean if that 100% like, could a, be it was two hours later that they screen capped the, the tweet. The so. Asian with the old white guy. Yeah, the Asian with the that one was the tweet. Somebody else had obviously went. You're to canceled. My, You're canceled. Someone went to my YouTube canceled, page and canceled. watched my old stand up and quoted my Mariah Carey joke verbatim in the thread, which I was like, it's, it's a, a good solid joke. fucking joke. Yeah, no, my, great joke. Not also, even fat phobic. Like it's not any phobic. It's, it's a perfectly not. fine joke. That's it's like. Not even mean 
to Mariah Carey. Yeah, no, it is not. <laughs> it's like 2014 Tumblr approved. It is a perfectly yeah. okay joke to me. I, I just, it just, the whole thing, I was like, oh God, like I'm probably talking to like people that are younger than me in a way that I'm not considering entirely. <laughs> The worst part of it is that I wrote she a hooker and not she's a hooker. So then I'm getting trolled. Oh, like, you did it at Bonics. Likely, I for sure probably texted that. Canceled. And it wasn't like. With three K's canceled. Intentional thing, but like also. Bunny KKK Thelmuth. Yeah. But also, what's funny to me is that I feel like there are other things of me out there that are way more on the nose offensive <laughs> than I mean, you could pull. In my old so Twitter account, like, okay. I told a dude that he should have killed himself over liking DC movies. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have our demons, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> like also, I think in the grand scheme of things, if the worst thing that you could find while bad faith combing through my tweets was that one in particular. I'm not like, but you know, them's the breaks. I think I got to I think when you say them's the breaks, that's also technically a bonics. Just like No, you. it's not. No, I think I'm, you should have 100%. I'm going to just be very pretty. That's like a 1920s fucking Yeah, well, okay, if you get into every genealogical analysis I also don't of give a, a shit about people accusing me I'm of using just, AAVE. I know who the fuck I I'm am. I'm also this just is like this is the kind of accusing you of this in bad faith. So I know, like, but I want to bring it back to I'm the, not like the, the I don't Being literally think because, that's true. But <laughs> it's also, I don't know, your sense of like what mainstream kind of like slang and whatever is, is so different for younger people today because you have the internet, you have a literal tangible fucking record of people using phrases and, and whatever in different yeah, ways. Yeah, no, back in the day, they'd just steal shit from black people and not yeah. realize it, and no one could tell them that that's what they did. Oh my yeah. God, back in the day. Yeah, no, back in the back day. In like the day. Led, back in the day. Led Zeppelin just like had a career, and no one back. was able to say, hey, black people did all that shit first. It's, I mean, then they did, and then they sued them. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then, like, Led Zeppelin sued them for suggesting that black people could make music. It's just unfortunate because that, in particular, is something I'm really averse to. Me being uh, just somewhat honest about, like, my own life because of, like, my proximity to black people is, like, something that the internet bonnie is our resident black person no it's just like i am very sensitive to any accusations that i am faking the funk uh (laughs) this is uh you have got the funk but i do want to put it out there especially in light of the hilaria baldwin oh we got to get into that previous discourse that um Eh. i did learn to talk american primarily from my black friends at school when I got to the United States. I had a Canadian accent. So like there is an element of it's not a put on. I just like thought that was the way you said the thing. Now, if I were to say it, 
in the context of the internet. Everyone's doing race science these days, man. It's so, <laughs> everyone so, loves it. That was the fun part also of the Hilaria Baldwin. The funny thing she deserves a black card is <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. Is what we should that is take not away. what I'm saying. I'm just you saying, get the N-word pass. I'm just saying you've... that if I have received one, I know better than to tell anyone. So <laughs> Like, I'm not out here trying to be, like, uh, the coolest person ever. I am a huge dork. So it's just funny to me whenever people try to dunk on me like I've built myself much up. Like <laughs> Martin, funny. you were born a young black child. Yes, much, yes, exactly. Or a poor black funny. child, sorry. Funny, but you know, I don't think, I think your problem, this is me as a man talking down to you. Your problem was really apologizing for your Asian tweet. You shouldn't have apologized. You should have been like, what? It's a good tweet. What are you going to say to that? It's a good tweet. Did you laugh? Uh, you're right. But like I said, if I would have said, I hope she's a hooker, I would have left it up. <laughs> because I would hope that. So your, that your problem is the joke? Yeah, kind of. That's that's yeah, the real yeah. shame of my authentic truth is that it wasn't funny enough for me to keep it up in my estimation. So like. Uh, so you didn't live up to your own standard. Yeah, but I also thought I, I'm pretty sure I Googled my own tweets before just to see if I had any. I know I deleted one tweet where I was. Remember when Bill Maher had Miley Yiannopoulos on yeah. real time? I tweeted, even though it was dun, 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 dun. sorry. I, I tweeted, this has been deleted, but I'm admitting it here on the air. I tweeted, I think Bill Maher just had Milo on to call him a f like there was this asterisk in the tweet. But like, I remember I like went back and looked at that. Yeah, okay, and I, I that's like, an entirely reasonable tweet. It's it was about how thing. Bill Maher is a piece of shit. Yeah, and he did do that on the show. This is like literally kind of what happened, but it's the kind of thing that I also am aware that if somebody is trying to be a bitch to me, that's something that someone might pull out oh, and like fuck. whatever so i don't like i'm shitty enough to have taken another tweet down just because i knew someone could be a bitch to me in a certain way and i'm like how did i miss this asian tweet <laughs> especially after shane gillis in response to hilaria ariel suggested that we discuss if we've seen it, Spanglish. Yeah, I absolutely did not watch that movie. Okay, oh. well, I have seen it. Uh <laughs> Are you at least familiar with it, no, Marlo? I, I, no, I am not going to. Yeah, it's some. It's a Adam Sandler movie after the era where I'd watch an Adam Sandler movie. Look, I'm the resident Adam Sandler apologist on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, Punch Drunk Love and uh, Uncut Gems are great movies. Also, look, look, I like... Wedding Singer was good, too. No, it wasn't. In the canon of Adam Sandler movies I grew up with that, like, I have fond memories of and I'm okay with well, okay. liking yeah. them... Because I That's, also like shitty movies. It's fine. So you're aware, though, that Spanglish is one of these quote-unquote serious roles. I'm not aware that of he that. Is, 
No. So yes, it's a serious role for Adam Sandler. Is it, it a is, happy um, Madison? Because I don't know. Uh, uh, is it okay? If it's an unhappy, it'd be the non. It's an unhappy. Ma- it's an unhappy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be one of the non-happy Madisons I have not seen. Yeah, so I just um, assumed that was uh, Punch Drunk and uh, Gems. I think it's a movie. Two thousand four. Yeah, I don't know if does did that he have a come? movie like about. 9-11? No. Did he have a movie this, where this, he this did is, 9-11? This is oh, this movie. is his 9-11? This is his 9-11. Okay, because I only remember from that era that movie uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. That's my one, like, from my memory after 9-11 of the 9-11 movies that came out. No, no, Punch Drunk Love came out in 2002. So that was was his first serious movie that people were giving him acclaim for and it was kind of this thing. And then Spanglish kind of was the next movie that was supposed to be, I think, in the same vein for Adam Sandler. But in short, it's about a single mother from Mexico who is undocumented. Mm Mm-hmm. She comes to America. Played by Paz Paz Vega. Vega. She's got two jobs and then she can't keep them. And then whatever, she gets hooked up with Adam Sandler's family who needs a nanny and a housekeeper. Okay, I'm going to watch this movie now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's actually wrong for all the class analysis that it gives. Yeah, it's yeah. Um and that's why I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. this because And I think it's a great Ariel, that's an awesome idea to yeah. tie this in with the Hilaria Baldwin stuff. Because like, yeah. I think it highlights what was, to me, some of the interesting aspects of that. Tie it in with all the Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. The other thing was Paz is Spanish playing a Mexican. That's also true. So that's part of the Hilaria tie-in. Yes. So, and this is the thing, is that Spaniards are from Spain, which is in Europe, but Mm -hmm. several Spanish from Spain actresses have gotten work playing Latina roles, Mm -hmm. we'll say. But only recently do you see criticism for this uh, mm-hmm. that where people point out that uh, Penelope Cruz, for example, is a Spaniard. She's from Spain. And uh, that other guy she's married to is from Spain. And they both have played hella Latina roles. Mm-hmm. So, yes, when the Hilaria Baldwin stuff came up, I think uh, Liz Brunig tweeted about whether people were seeing the Spaniards as white. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're white when we are mad. Penelope to. Cruz is taking Latina roles, but they're not white when we want to act like Hilaria Baldwin is, you know, doing a doll is all. Like, that's <laughs> the funny thing is like, this is much more like Madonna in her Guy Ritchie years mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's silly. You can laugh at it. It's yeah. a little, you know, whatever. Than it's it is, performative. Yes, than it is a doll is all, right? Because mm-hmm. with Hilaria, we're talking about someone who... And What's the, the English word for cucumber? Yes, and initially I thought maybe some of this stuff maybe was overblown, but it does seem like she, I think there was a podcast interview where she was like, I moved to New York when I was 19 and I knew no pop culture. And it's like, bitch, she went to school in like Weston, Connecticut. 
<laughs> like, yeah, you know, but it reminds me uh, as someone who had a scholarship to a pretty Tony prep school. Uh, there was a girl I went to school with. We're children in this context, everyone. But um, it was two sisters. Their names were Emily and Elena. And I had initially met Emily. She was in my class and she was Emily Dewan, la la la. And then her younger sister, who was in my sister's grade, had this huge identity crisis about them being Puerto Rican. Now they're Puerto Rican from Spaniards, right? <laughs> yeah. And definitely probably some kind of like wealthy landowner sort of sketchy thing in reality. Like these girls were blonde hair and crystal blue eyes, right? And the younger sister insisted all of a sudden on pronouncing her name. My name is Elena de Juan. Mm -hmm. And she would do this exaggerated dehuan. So it reminds me of that. What's happening there is someone is stupidly, and I mean that in the nicest sense of the word, just poking around, not really looking at it closely, stupidly observing that there's a little cachet with something. Oh, if you are something else, you're special, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not out of the realm of possibility like that white Americans would play up their connection to Europe in mm -hmm. order to seem fancier, right? Yeah, and to have more cultural capital. Yeah, that's a different thing than what like Rachel Dolezal and the like are engaging in where they are co-opting a marginalized identity mm -hmm. to obtain access to a space where they might, you know, they're also treating like marginalization as a currency. Yeah, because there's like an inversion of social currency that's sort of happened well, over the last 10 years. Yeah, and the other part is that, which came up with Hilaria, is that Americans are obsessed with authenticity, mm -hmm. which does not exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not, it literally doesn't exist. It literally doesn't exist, but especially when it comes to like, it was fine to make fun of Hilaria for like leaning into the accent on television appearances and etc. I think it's dumb and overblown to act like she's stealing valor from immigrants in a certain way because she was saying she was from like Mallorca, Spain, which is like saying you're from Mykonos, Greece. You're from like a hot vacation spot. <laughs> like, the other funny thing is like I was aware of Hilaria Baldwin but I never clocked that she was saying she was Spanish so it's just something that like even though I was aware of her it kind of went under my radar until this one Twitter user like pointed it out it crystallizing as a narrative is what almost makes it a thing more than necessarily it was. Also, you know, I think sometimes she does, by all appearances, speak Spaniard Spanish. Espana, yeah, Barcelona. Barcelona. Even though she's obviously was like leaning into either a misperception or like, you know, just kind of zhuzhing up her image in a way mm -hmm. that she obviously felt was relatively harmless. And I, I actually think it wasn't harmful. Like, I, yeah, like she's going to get dunked on because it's, you know, it's like, silly. It's silly. <laughs> these things seem and wasn't silly, it to but... like try to seduce 
Her well, that's husband. the funniest part is yeah. there is this whole like conspiracy theory that she crafted this to like hook Alec Baldwin and then had to like maintain it forever, which I sort of love as a I'm going to write that TV show is like someone playing up their family always went to such and such place for vacation and like just co-opting that as part of your identity to get a celebrity to date you. And then oops, <laughs> you, you got to do it forever. But yeah, what what was revealing to me though was the way people were talking about things like her accent and etc was really revealing to me it's obvious to me that a lot of people have never spent a lot of time in like a bilingual space or in a family where people speak more than one language or speak english as a second language right okay. what is the final verdict on hilaria baldwin i think that's what we're getting at is that uh, she's silly Mm -hmm. okay, but, um, like, okay, is this a case of Americans not realizing Spanish? A little bit, because especially in a place like New York, people use the word Spanish to mean Latino often. She was just pretending she was kind of a Spaniard or partially Spaniard or whatever, but implied that she had half grown up there, but it looks like her family just vacationed there. And then her parents retired to there. Okay. People were inferring that she was, like, stealing valor from, like, poor immigrants. Yeah, brown face. Who, like, yeah, which, one, indicates that they think they're trying to conflate it with, like, a brown face thing. But, two, she said she was from Mallorca, Spain, which is, like, saying you're from Mykonos or, like, fucking, a, like, a hot, a place that's just a place rich people go on vacation. She wasn't actually trying it's to seem poorer. Listener Phil from Yoruba. Phil, that's for you. <laughs> That's for you. But yeah, so so unlike someone like Rachel Dolezal, who was doing brownface and was trying to co-opt a marginalized identity, she is actually trying to make herself fancier. Like, you'd only think that all immigrants who speak English as a second language are poor if you're which, which a dipshit. Which segues into Spanglish. Yes. Because Spanglish kind of delves into this Spanish as second language as a poor person. In the words of Newt Gingrich, it's the language of the ghetto. We should replace bilingual education with emergence, with immersion in English so people learn the common language of the country and so they learn the language of prosperity, not the language of living in a ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Paz Vega comes from Mexico, brings her child, and the entire movie, the framing of it is by the child grown up going to Princeton University and writing her university entry essay, her essay. entry yeah. essay to explain how difficult her mother's life was coming to America and why she should go to Princeton, which is a weird framing. I found it extremely annoying anytime it was introduced. In reality, lots of wealthy people have domestic workers, right? Mm -hmm. Very few of them extend any real actual opportunities 
to their domestic workers. And this is a trope, I think, that comes up where if we have to talk about a family who has domestic workers, they're always going to be the special family who has somehow embedded these poor people's lives through their, you know, allowing them to work for them. Right. You know, my favorite version of this trope is Gibson movie Patriot, wherein he is the only person in South Carolina to not own slaves, but instead to hire free black people to work on his plantation. Mm. That's like a workaround right there. It's honestly one of my favorite scenes from movies where they had to deal with the fact that the British had a strategy in the South, which was offer slaves freedom if they fought for the British. They had to try and make that seem evil. And their way of doing it was to have this haughty British person go, slaves, you are free if you fight for the crown. The not slaves go, we not slaves. He pays us. He's the asshole. Mm. Just the thing that it reminded me of. And so she goes to work for Adam Sandler's family. Adam Sandler is an exceptional chef. Oh, he, yeah, he's a fucking savant. He's a a great chef. He's an easygoing. Easygoing dad who's the good good dad in the in the family whereas his wife Deborah is Tia Leone unequivocally evil oh. Tia Leone is like irredeemable at like they don't even try to add a dimension to this woman I have She's- I have a theory that w- the writer of this hated his wife and wrote this oh. as a spite against the Absolutely wife. Absolutely feels that way. Not that a woman we should can exist. Discuss the women in punch shit. drunk love because <laughs> yeah. this might be a theme of Adam Sandler's good movies. Actually, well, I, yeah, I, it's throwing just... uncut gems in that. Oh god, yeah. I mean Yeah, it's... no, of the not shitty movies Adam Sandler's done, women have been the bad guys in all of them. Well, Tia Leone is a specific type of bad Yeah, woman. she's mean to the daughter, yep. and that's how you know she fat she's irredeemably her the bad. Whole time. She she fat shames her, which is also used to juxtapose against the non waspy love and care that Floor is the character's mm-hmm. name, Paz Vegas character's name that Floor provides as the. Uh, is the premise of this that Adam Sandler fucks the nanny? No, that's, that's what you're supposed to you believe know. is the payoff, but the payoff ends up that she refuses him because she is so perfect uh, and she's morally yeah, she's morally perfect in her role. The best that they do is they make out and they talk for hours. Okay. And then she goes on and that's what, you know, and, and imparts this morality to her daughter which is the... So she's which, basically a Spanish magical black man? She is more like a fan Fantasy, like a hetero fantasy woman. Yeah. They definitely idealize her. She's perfect in every respect. She's beautiful, kind. Her like moral she's compass got is large, unshakable. She's got large tracts of land. Mm. <laughs> 
it's that thing where in order for us to sympathize with a female character, she's perfect. That's how we know which one to sympathize with. She also speaks only Spanish until she learns how to speak English in the third act in order Mm -hmm. to be better as a maid, I think. Yeah, because she gets nervous that she's going to get fired. Mm -hmm. She ends up getting paid $650 a week by these rich fucks. And then they bring her to Malibu to spend a summer at their Malibu home with the daughter in tow. And then the daughter becomes super white in the process because she's like, this is great. And then the evil mother gets her into the private private school. school and she starts like pushing away her like Spanish heritage, which is what Floor is pissed off about that her daughter is disavowing her past or her. I want to point out that like her daughter looks nothing like her. I thought she was Indian for like two thirds of the movie until I looked it up. Like they look nothing alike. (laughs) (laughs) They look like they're from a continent away, which is literally true. One is Mexican American or Texican and then the other is Spanish. They look nothing alike. I just wanted to point out as far as like colorism in this movie, the problem with the mother is always interesting. She's like a yoga overachiever and she's always shown running and yeah it's like this stupid bitch puts her job and her staying skinny before like other more traditional feminine things well she lost her job right yeah, yeah she lost her job she's having an affair too like there, like I said there's just like nothing yeah. redeemable about her I usually like Tia Leone uh, mm-hmm. there's no fun in playing this unlikable character she's so high strung it's just grating and unpleasant uh, every time this character is on screen, to be honest. And at least when you get a more nuanced portrayal of like a shitty woman, it can still be fun to watch. <laughs> and then it's equally frustrating for me to watch Adam Sandler. Like his big climax in the movie not to do with floor was like success at the the business he he like made a dish for somebody in the new york times who was rating the restaurant that he started and he was like give me a three and a half star three star you know if it, I, I get a perfect score it'll ruin my life and lo and behold he gets a four star rating and then everything goes to shit and i'm like what the fuck How is this a plot point that he's too successful? Yeah, it it almost seems like reverse engineered in order to... So you know who you're supposed to side with. Mm-hmm. Like you get the four-star rating. They write up this poetically banal thing in the New York Times. Everybody goes gaga. He's just drinking himself under the table. Oh, so he became cool. <laughs> no, he almost has an affair with the nanny. <laughs> so he became super cool, is what you're saying. This is character arc. Is he started as some cock lame fucking cooking nerd and then he became a cool guy. Yeah, I guess that's one way of that's just what I, I mean. Well basically the in the end she leaves the clock skis, yeah. the yeah. whatever. The Klats- yeah, the Klats- um, she quits her job with them she tells her daughter her daughter's really upset because she can't like go to the private school anymore but we know from the beginning that she like is applying to princeton anyway and like 
This is so Are we don't think about it. This Mexican is also smart. Well, this is like so you don't think that about is, the, uh, the, that is any a of the class stuff. So you don't think about any of the class stuff. We're going to do a bootstrapsy thing. So, so um, what you're saying is, despite being Mexican as fuck, she's also a smart. Person. Wait, the the daughter, the daughter is the smart one. Whatever. Yeah, the daughter the, is his. The, so the daughter, because the context of this story supposedly is her essay to Princeton. Uh, um, oh my god. Okay. Yeah. No, I I got all that now. This is all lame as shit. <laughs> yeah, so you know, there's a classic happy ending that it, story ends with a marriage. Uh, another happy ending, if a story is about poor people, is is they get into a good college, mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> that's like, a success payoff. That's it, the end, right? Meanwhile, lots of people who you know get into those echelons uh, who come from working class backgrounds. It's not always great. It, sucks. <laughs> it doesn't always work out like magic. It's it's not. You know, they drop out. They or go like for seven it, years and like live in their basements because they can't pay for it. Often, a lot of people do drop out because it's like a hostile environment. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, it's be like in. being in a fucking boot camp. It's not as if these spaces make make themselves accessible. I walked around Princeton today. Hostile environment, mm-hmm. even in yeah. COVID, I could feel it. As somebody who like categorically rejects, like I kind of miss going to Princeton. Yeah, no, I I like it, but it's also very fucking Nassau Street with a. <laughs> I went to the Princeton Record Exchange, everybody. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, and picked up some cool things. Now, me and Steve both went to TCMJ, which means. We walked around Princeton. That, Princeton but didn't go to Princeton. That was basically our Brooklyn. <laughs> and like all these kids would just like smell the state school on us. <laughs> I, I would be in the cross country team and we would run alongside of Princeton and there was a certain whoa, it's the Princeton team because they Literally the Winklevoss brothers. Well, not only that, but most of their cross-country runners were, well, not outsourced, but were brought in overseas. So they just had either a bunch of really rich white preppy kids or African guys. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we're the state school. (laughs) We're... Division three, we can't do that. This is awkward. But yeah, uh, they're name brand schools. Ivy League. Ivy Leagues, yeah, they're name brand schools. And of course, if you're, especially if you're a working class person, they're probably the only, the first schools you hear of in media and entertainment. Yeah. And it's the one you're going to um, get your possibly Indian child to apply to. Well, yeah, and there's certainly like some people really love uh, peck order hierarchy, and that's one of them you can get get into, that people get into it. There's, what, seven official Ivies, and people are very eager to remind you if uh, they went to one of the lesser identifiable Ivies. Wait, is Princeton that, one of those? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Is yeah. It? yeah. Princeton yeah. is an Ivy. And I could tell yeah. because they had Ivy on the building. Mm-hmm. I think, That's I the think only for me, for me, just total like thinking of myself as a kid, the schools that I like knew were Ivy League schools, it was like Harvard, Princeton, Yale. 
right? Those are like the ones I feel like got name checked in the most media. Mm-hmm. But then people who go to like fucking Penn really want to remind you that it was it's an Ivy. Really, <laughs> I don't know anyone who went to Penn who's like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, is Brown one or is that one? That's no, like, Brown's not an Ivy. But I am like, I'm not interested in acting like I no, give a it shit is. about any of it that. It is. Marlo, you're wrong. Brown, Brown University, Columbia University, Cornell University. It's Stanford. That's not an Ivy. It's Stanford. Oh. It's a good school, but not an Ivy. Cornell, okay. Dartmouth College, Harvard University, uh, UPenn. Dartmouth? Right? Dartmouth is the one I always forget. Princeton University and Yale. Oh. Yale. Yeah. Damn, I feel so bad for everyone whose only Ivy they got in was fucking Dartmouth. And then they have to spend the rest of their life. Oh, Columbia, too. Columbia, too. No, right? well, I mean, Columbia, everyone. Uh, as far as I know, everyone knows that's an Ivy. Because a lot of people will get into possibly both Columbia and NYU, and a lot of people get fixated on which one to choose, hung up on the question, well, Columbia's the Ivy. Getting into Dartmouth and spending the rest of your life having to remind people Dartmouth is an Ivy mm-hmm. when you're like trying to impress people. They're like, oh yeah, I went to Dartmouth and they're like, yeah, that's cool. Oh, you know Dartmouth is an Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so uh, yes, that's how they like frame the movie. So uh, you don't think about any of the real class implications of the story you've just been told for no real reason. And oh boy, Uh, is there a lot of class implication. Yeah. Um, A, the working class is perfect, always will be perfect, loves the bourgeoisie. Oh, it is essentializes the shit out of the Loves the bourgeoisie. The only function that the working class has is to work for the bourgeois class and they love and it that, and they love and it. That, Not only do they love it, but they get personally involved in it and they become part of the family until their family becomes more white than they're comfortable with. And then they will strike them from their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The main definition of the working class is to have a abstract identity that is working class. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it have been cool if Floor was a socialist? <laughs> and, and instead of like doing this weird thing where she's like she's implying that by going to the private school, her daughter, do- because basically what's happening is her daughter's. I just want to go bitch. on record and say private schools should be illegal. I just swear. I agree. Having been inside them, I concur. But yes, there's this thing where it's like what we're seeing is the daughter being a bitch to her mother because that's what white children are like. Uh, which is what she's seeing at the private school. But what's implied is that Flora is uncomfortable that she's going to lose touch with her working class Mexican mm-hmm. roots. Like it's this one big lump of a thing. I don't uh, mean to blow anyone's mind, but there is a lot of incredible incredibly rich people from mexico too i know they were all in that nexium cult yeah like (laughs) yeah no that's the thing that and that's what goes back kind of the hilaria baldwin thing is that acting like somebody who is an immigrant or who speaks english as a second language is 
automatically uh, trying to present themselves as a poor person says more about the person who is saying that than the person who's playing up an accent. No, if you know (laughs) immigration law, you would know, like, a lot of immigrants who get American citizenship are rich as fuck. That's how they got American citizenship. Yeah. Like, American citizenship literally works on a basis of if you're rich enough, you can just have it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, it was funny to see people conflate this Hilaria Baldwin, you know, inferring that she's a Spaniard with a full, like, brown face situation. Mm -hmm. Because these people are... It's this weird id poll thing Mm -hmm. where everything has to be, like, so neat and categorized. And, like, people get so attached to the framework that they they just start saying dumb shit. Like, you can dunk on her because it's very silly what she did. It's very silly even the way she, you know, she did a very kind of sexy sort of thing, which is also a trope. Like, this sexy woman with an accent. Um, oh, how do you say cucumber? Uh, <laughs> like... You know, she it's didn't a, like take a, a scholarship from someone <laughs> from a person. It's a victimless crime. Like, it's yeah, it's fucking dumb shit. But also people are being weird as shit about that. Saying stuff about accents that is weird, that makes me uncomfortable as someone who this is not the accent I first spoke with. Yes, this is my my Americanized best as I okay, can do. I actually, uh, speaking is something I have contrived on purpose because I wanted to not get made fun of when I was a Okay, I actually have um, my favorite tweet of all time that's tangential to this. Does anyone <laughs> remember uh, this is from maybe 2019 or maybe last year or maybe like uh, last week. I have no idea. Uh, Does anyone remember Jersey E-Girl? Okay. Mm -hmm. So there was a tweet that was accusing her of Ebonics. Oh, God. Wait. Okay. Okay. So Jersey E-Girl, she was a petite young woman with a very thick uh, North Jersey, Greater New York Metropolitan, Long Island accent. Oh yes, yes. Okay, and so there was a tweet of the dumbest person in the world decided to accuse her of taking on AAVE because this person was not familiar with the existence of the Greater New York Metropolitan accent. As a thing that actually existed and is like a way certain people talk. And they basically mm-hmm. were accusing her of mimicking black people. Yes, I, I remember this um, because I have a character I used to do named Kelsey, which I'm surprised that the people being mean to me today did not find somehow because definitely looks way worse on first glance. But uh I created Kelsey kind of semi during the heyday of the Jersey Shore being a a thing. Uh, So Kelsey's got a real orangey fake tan and she talks real stupid. But uh, Kelsey is not from the Jersey Shore. She's uh, based on someone I know from Baltimore. So she's got like a specific East Baltimore accent. But definitely I feel like you would pull 
a clip of me doing that and accuse me of doing that, even though if you're from Baltimore, you know exactly the genre of uh, white women I'm I'm speaking about <laughs> in the character. I mean, I'm from South Jersey, but like, I absolutely, there were kids who went to my school who that's how they spoke. And that's how they spoke at home. Yeah, and like, it's, like an accent that exists and like there was someone who was just trying to go all in on she's doing a va and it's like no she's not that's how white people from north jersey talk mm -hmm. that's literally how white people of certain ethnicities dating back a hundred fucking years like not recent immigrants but also not terribly uh, upper class people oh, yeah. I mean, some of them and are the I mean I, I, I know well yeah some of them are but certainly as those people would say it's not exactly classy to talk like I've that I've absolutely <laughs> literally heard the word Moliano be spoken in an unironic way not in reference of the Sopranos like literally just I'm a racist from North Jersey and I'm referring to a black person and it's not the n-word because how can it be the n-word if it starts with an m um I've absolutely heard an adult say that in my life mm -hmm. like people actually do speak like that that's a way people yeah. speak and there was this long ass thread this person tried to do of taking her down because she was doing black speak by talking like a white person from Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> and someone else is like, oh, well, I don't know who these people are, but they all heard her talk at different times. And it's like, well, her accent was slightly different at this time. And it's like, yeah, it's called code switching. People do that. Exactly. Not just so black the, people do that. Like code switching is Everybody a does it fucking people it, it just it just exists nobody's accent is innate this is like a weird implication of the overall discourse like like yeah, uh, they they essentialize coming from a certain class or ethnicity mm -hmm. and they can never manifest as a certain way of talking when you speak differently like, to different people period i mean okay, this and, is the most fucking semiotics this podcast is gonna get but, like, okay literally every time you talk there's an implied person who's listening to your voice yes like your manner of producing speech is not an individual thing it is fundamentally tied to the fact there is a speaky to your speaker well, not only that but a community also that you're right. speaking to uh in the larger Sense. Right, like there's like literally a dialectic, and if you're like a dumb person like this dude in DSA, you think dialectics is all nonsense. But like literally, you're dialoguing with someone. Whenever you say a thing, you're saying a thing to other people. When I was in New York and I was doing my job, I dealt with people, and I dealt with a lot of Italian people, and I. I change my references and speech to each one, not manipulatively, but just when you're going back and forth with someone, you pick up on certain signals. 
Absolutely. I think this whole thing also touches on Americans who are wholly disconnected from any kind of ethnic enclave and whatever tend to have a weird chip on their shoulder. For instance, there are certain words in Greek that when I say them, I say them with a Greeky accent because that's how the word exists in my fucking brain. I'm not like doing a put on a show to be like, look at me being fucking fancy. The thing's called Galactamborico. I'm not going to artificially be like Galactamborico or whatever to anglicize. Something that doesn't have like another name in English. uh, Uh, It's a dessert, by the way. I've I've had something bit from back in the day. I've had something like that where I've said a word like that and somebody gets really like pissed off at me and they're like oh over here with you la 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 with your little accent and whatever and i'm like it would be more contrived for me to make up a different pronunciation of this word italian american experience where you're just like yeah so you know i went to the store and i like picked up some eggs and some milk and some vergut and when i pick up my deliveries from carol garden i go and i'm like oh everybody's what's everybody talking about here pivity bobbity boobity yeah yeah <laughs> the pee-pee. The, you could you know steal yeah. a car the famous yeah. italian neighborhood of carol garden but yeah so i just think like a lot of these ideas people have about authenticity a lot of those ideas are coming from people who are i don't know uncomfortable with different uh, they're uncomfortable with difference yeah they're they're uncomfortable with difference they're uncomfortable with the existence of people who didn't come from like monocultural homes you know like everybody in the family on all sides is all coming from the same background i think it's even uh, it's even wider than that they're uncomfortable with being in a different part of town where people speak different than the other part of town or also i think it's like some white people like to do their woke policing in a specific way where they're like yeah i can admit that people of color are cooler than me but i'll be damned if i admit any other white person <laughs> has anything more special than i like it's this very well, like okay that's that goes, well, you know. that goes back to the the Zizak where he's how dare he say I am also nothing kind of thing where we need to reflexively yeah. condemn ourselves before we can uh, condemn others. I will just say though, people from South Jersey are by definition POC. <laughs> you know, I will defend that. And when I say, yeah, you know, I'm going to get a Wawa and get some Higgies before I go home, that's basically me talking in my native tongue. Yeah. But only within a five-mile proximity of Wawa. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a foreign language. Tony is allowed to talk like that because she's from Baltimore, and uh, that's basically Mm -hmm. like South Jersey. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm a person who learned to talk in Canada, and then it came 
to Baltimore, Baltimore. and for me to for Baltimore. me to fit in. The thing is, I actively sought out people to mimic so that I didn't talk as weird. So people <laughs> and would you stop. ended up in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. So then people, so people would stop pointing it out because it was making me feel self-conscious that because I couldn't hear my own accent. So people are like, yeah, well, imagine trying like to be like normal, that. but the only people you're surrounded with are from Baltimore. That sucks. Yeah, so I'm a literal child, so, you know, and I'm Baltimore City. I'm making no distinction between my white and black classmates. I'm just listening to how they talk and trying to hear how they talk is different from how I was saying things because it was hard for me to even identify, right? I could find it in a few words. So then I just like on purpose tried to say it the other way, which is like, a thing I did. <laughs> um, my like non-regional diction that I can speak in is a completely made up thing I have <laughs> developed over the course of my life because it doesn't have a ton of connotations. Like, yeah. But you get me drunk and I have like five different accents. <laughs> this also leads into my general thing with you, which is literally not to even insult, but like just to draw a connection between something I relate to you with is uh, that's a little bit of a spectrum-y thing to do. Oh, yeah, like, definitely no, is. Like that's, 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 that's the saddest thing about... Like, that's a super, like... And, like, this is super not the, to, like, at all make fun. But, like, factually, like, you look at autistic children and... An interesting thing from autistic children is that they pick up speech patterns from fucking anywhere as like an active thing to say, oh, this is how you talk. Let me analytically copy this. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. they have yeah. an accent that is often different from their parents and their locality based on like television some guy they heard once, and, like, several other things. Oh, absolutely. So I have a really great amalgam of my initial Canadian slant and then the Baltimore mix-in. But then I was a kid in the 90s, so I just mimicked a lot of the kind of valley girl mall what? speech. There is so much of my speech that can be tied to the television show Tiny Toon Adventures. It is fucking yes, embarrassing yeah. how much of a combination of Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs is responsible for my accent as much as growing up in the Mid-Atlantic. Which, to be fair, I always say the Mid-Atlantic accent has a certain valley girl je ne sais quoi about it. Yeah. <laughs> also, I was a kid in the 90s, and that's how, like, cool teen right. girls talked no, on yeah, no, things. I, I so, totally, like, I, but I mimic that shit from cartoons. Oh, yeah. You know, it gets sort of pinned on women with our likes and our vocal fry and whatever else people want to be mean to us about. Everyone got it. It was part of just, like, the pop culture you're absorbing. And that's, like, a natural thing to do. You know, well, I um, mean, and again, when I first went to college, I, I was talking to someone and they're like, where are you from? And I was just like, I'm 
Cape May County. Like, I'm from New Jersey. I was going to a state school in New Jersey. Everyone was from New Jersey. And they literally said, like, yeah, you, like, kind of have this, oh, my God, thing about how you talk. (laughs) But, yeah, it's... uh fascinating. Uh, I do want to point out that the Baldwins had flamenco fans at their wedding. It was a whole thing. It was was a whole thing. All the kids have Spanish names. She refers to them as her little Baldwinitos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah no, man, it's hilarious. hilarious. But then people had then people had to come in and be like, "Oh, it was a serious thing about like fucking Dolazol." And I was like, "Oh, fucking snooze alert, guys! Um, all your accents are fake." Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, like, what? Whatever. Hilaria Baldwin asking, is authentically Mexican. She is literally <laughs> from Mexico, and you can't deal. We with shouldn't that pretend other. We shouldn't pretend otherwise. Yeah. If you, if you can't handle that, then maybe you're the racist. Mm-hmm. I know we didn't get to bean dad guy. I don't know what that is. Anyway, and I'm going to just continue funny. to like just weirdly say that I support Jimmy Dore on my sign offs. I don't. He, he's a weird <laughs> looking individual. I don't think he's actually a person. He's like literally how H.P. Lovecraft describes biracial people is what Jimmy Dora looks like. Um, But yeah, anyway, point is, um, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. AOC is a corporatist sellout. So, (laughs) and if any of our listeners disagree with that, then maybe you are the corporatist sellout. I know. That's the rules on the internet. You say a thing, you are the thing. If enough people want to be mean to you about it. so Anyway, uh, Jimmy Dore is a deep one. Our Lovecraft Mm -hmm. fans will pick up on that. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. H.P. Lovecraft. Friend of the pod. (laughs) Italians are dirty, swarthy bastards. Who aren't really one. <laughs> He's joined by other friend of the pod, the ghost of Ben Franklin, who agrees. Oh my. No, but seriously, look up what a deep one. Read uh, the Insmith short story and then yes, look at a picture it. of Jimmy Dore and tell me I'm wrong. Listeners, that's your challenge for this week. So <laughs> Yeah. Just just could not be on the cover of the H.P. Lovecraft Insmith short story. Tell me that couldn't be the case. All right, guys, uh, we're bye. done here. Pinko Kami Sluts. Bye. Hey, I'm a Maybe don't you understand me? Eso ahí sabe dulce como candy Le di una Mercedes, andaba en un Camry Tú ya sabes dónde you can find me Ay, ay, ella me tiene hablando Spanglish Baby, don't you understand me Ay, eso ahí sabe dulce como candy Le di una Mercedes, andaba en un Camry Tú ya sabes dónde you can find me Ella tiene un cuerpo fenomenal, si no es ropa de diseñador, no se pone nada. Baby, for real, tú me pones mal, pa' su cumpleaños va a comprarle un auto de mal. Pa' que tenga un happy birthday, 
Palmen en Manhattan y en Isla Verde. Si la ven llegar conmigo, ella se muerde. Hey, when we fucking say my real name. Yo soy un player, baby, como you have Si lo hace rico, puede que de ti me adueñe. Cuando se queda conmigo, ella no duerme. Está a punto de ganarse el Birkin back Hermes. You are a bad girl, I can see it in your eye. Always in my mind, baby, tell me why. Tengo el creepy, if you wanna get high. Pull up with your friends, cause I'm on my way with J.I. Ella me tiene hablando Spanish. Hey, baby, don't you understand me? Hey, eso ahí sabe dulce como candy. Le di una Mercedes y andaba en un Camry. Tú ya sabes dónde you can find me. She got a nigga speaking Spanish. I'll make you learn a different language. Oh, oh, oh. I don't wanna leave you stranded. Translate the way I feel just so you understand it. Oh, oh, oh. Say get to get it, what you want you gon' get it Nobody gon' fuck you better, you know that I can tell when you fed up, need someone to keep your head up I know you don't wanna let up, don't hold back, no Know you hate it, so when I'm doing something I'm not It's always your favorite, alright, uh, No, I hate it, people in your movements You always assume what you be doing, it's alright Cara de niño, arma de hombre Cara de niño, arma de hombre Tell me what you want from me Tell me what you want from me, oh, oh. Tell me what you want from me. Tell me what you want from me, oh, oh, oh. Ay, ella me tiene hablando Spanish. Ay, baby, don't you understand me? Ay, eso ahí sabe dulce como candy. Le di una Mercedes y andaba en un Camry. Tú ya sabes dónde you can find me. Ya me tiene hablando Spanish, oh, baby, don't you understand me? Yeah.